Hello everyone, and welcome to the second part of our interview with the Funky Devs. Um, I know it's a little bit late, but I hope that you all enjoy it. We'll be working on the next episode, and should be released in about two weeks. Um, if you have any questions, or if you have any feedback, feel free to go and leave us comment on our subreddit thread. And with that, enjoy! So, let me see. I'm trying to think of some other questions I might have on there. So, so have you guys noticed that the battery life has been pretty good? What, what's the battery life again? We were actually uh, impressed by it as well because we didn't think it was so much. Um, because the whole story of the battery is... Uh, so, right now, to answer your question, uh, quick, uh, the battery life is among, uh, around 1 hour and 30 with, like, when you use almost everything... Uh, at 100%, or one, one hour and 20, let's say, if you have the screen at 100% brightness, uh, the sound at the maximum, and uh, that you're using the most demanding uh, emulator, um, let's say PlayStation with a game that's really, really asking. Uh, and if you're just using it normally, let's say, in normal conditions, you can reach, we've seen people reach three hours, uh, and you can reach a, a an average of two hours and 20 uh, when you use it normally in normal conditions with the brightness at let's say 50% and uh, the sound at 20, 30% and uh, any emulator you want to use. It's like something that's uh, go past the two hours gameplay. And we've had a lot of, uh, the story of the battery has, has been uh, uh, quite bumpy because uh, the first battery we had, the one that's actually in uh, pre-review, of, uh, from Retro Dodo. I don't know if you've seen this video. Uh, he's actually made a review video of our prototype like uh, a few months yeah. back before the Kickstarter. And he, uh, if you search on Google for funkiest specs, you're going to get the specs that he put on his website because he's, most, he's more referenced than any of us, I think. So Google takes his page uh, by default. And uh, at the time, we had a battery that was 600 milliamperes, uh, and now it's only 410. And so people think it's actually less than in the prototype, but it's completely false because actually it was a it was a scam, the first battery that we had. And so many batteries that you buy on uh, Alibaba, if you don't really know the supplier, they're going to just say that it's like 100, um, 1,000 million. The, the yeah, I'm just, just going to say random numbers. <laughs> they are going to increase the numbers. And basically, we had half. We, had, we, we made our own measurements, and we had only uh, 300 milliamps instead of 600. And so basically, we had only 300 milliamps. And the first battery measurements that we did were with the 300 milliamps. And so we didn't last as much as now that we have a real measured 410 milliamps and the supplier that we have is actually quite reliable and uh, we've measured everything ourselves and we are actually at 410 milliamps and he told us that it's the maximum of the maximum that they can put in such a small amount of space so basically we have a much better battery than in the prototype that we sent to RetroDodo uh, at the time Uh, and Jetlies is asking if uh, you guys might think about doing red um, wireless charging. 
considering the uh, the small size, it will be uh, really difficult. Uh, just to uh, it's really crammed inside the the the, the, the actual casing. Uh, so just even to uh, it's not only to uh, you need to put uh, an antenna for, for wireless charging, and then you need to add uh, some. Uh, I see, you know, to 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 do the the negotiation with the, the base for for charging, and we don't really have the the space for it in the current form factor. Maybe in larger one, yes, but uh, this will be very difficult right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like uh, wireless charging too because I can just set it on somewhere. But um, I also understand that, yeah, you guys, it's really small, so it'd be kind of difficult. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, well, you know. If it was a bit bigger, it'd probably be more more feasible because I know that um, I have a pair of uh, wireless heads, headphones in the case, and the case mm -hmm. uh, is a wireless charger in it. So. Yeah, it's uh, really convenient. I agree. And basically... It would be great in the funky as well, but uh, it's like Michel said, it's not just uh, the coil, it's really you know the whole uh, um, components around it, and so we don't have space for that right now. So, sorry, we can't put it in the funky, but maybe if we have a bigger version, yeah, we think about it definitely. Um, I know you guys mentioned last time about what the heart, you know, maybe we actually let's talk a little bit more about the hardware, about like uh, the the development, the development, um, you know, programming and such on there. What's uh, what do you guys use? I know you guys mentioned it last time, but let's do let's uh, talk about this for the last. Let's talk about this for this one. Sure. Um, well, I think Michel is uh, the best fit to talk about well, this. More about the, the hardware or the, the software? No, the development. Software. Development. Software. Yeah, like software. How, like uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about the software. Uh, the software is uh, we we selected because of the small platform. We have to to have something really optimized, and we cannot just take like a, a, a Linux a standard Linux distribution like a, a Ubuntu or something like that. It's actually it will run, but uh, with the performance will be uh, will be too too low to be something uh, really usable. Uh, and actually, we started the development uh, with uh, a Debian. Linux, which yeah. is a pretty standard distribution on the on the funky, but like the boot time was between uh, thirty seconds and one minute, okay, to get it running. You know when you when you uh, turn it on and to get something running, it was something between like thirty seconds and one minute, which is not acceptable on such a small portable device, and it was taking a lot of memory for a lot of uh, unnecessary uh, services and, and things like that. And it was running an X Windows system, which is like a graphical system for like for for your PC. But on such a small device with a, a dedicated screen and, and things like that, no keyboard and a, a lot of things, no uh, uh, network capabilities built in. You know, we don't have Ethernet, we don't have Wi-Fi, we don't have Bluetooth or whatever. Uh, this was like a, a, something um, too big and too 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 clumsy to to be useful. So we decided to start from scratch, and we, we used uh, something that is called the build root, which is uh, something that is uh, it's a tool to uh, build uh, embedded systems, Linux-based embedded systems. It's something that will uh, get all the 
the required packages uh, from the internet, uh, download them, uh, unzip them, patch them, configure them, build them, and install them into the, the, the final uh, uh, disk image that we put on, on, on the device. So this is a, a system that is able to build from scratch your Linux distribution. So that's what we selected. And this way we were able to fine tune every details, like uh, from the boot, uh, we, 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 we make some really very careful and, and clever optimization for the bootloader, for example, to, to get a few seconds you know, to, uh, to, to boot right now, open the console, and it is uh, ready to, to play games in less than four seconds. And it's a cold boot. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, uh, something we are not. Uh, it's not hibernation or something like that. It's really a cold boot, and we are able to cold boot the system from scratch from uh, be below four seconds. So this is something uh, uh, we have to take care of. And uh, to achieve these numbers, uh, there are a lot of optimizations uh, behind the curtain, of course. And so and now something that is very special too with this distribution we are able uh, to generate an sdk from it it means all the the tools to compile your own program for it so that's what we we are doing and that's the the the, the thing that people are using to port new packages to it they don't have to rebuild the whole system for it they just take the sdk install it on their system which is Linux or virtual machine or something, uh, and then they are able to compile games, and compile emulators for the for the funky. So that's uh, that's something. Uh, uh, everything is documented, and as it's open source, and we have the documentation for for it, we try to document it as much as we can. And this is something besides the the the, the gaming console itself. It's something that, that people will be able to learn from, and maybe. Uh, uh, build the next generation of console and hopefully something open source too. And thank you for that, guys. Um, I was actually looking at your I was looking at your webpage again and seeing what uh, some of the requests were for new hardware and some of that stuff on there seems uh, you know possible on there because I they meant you know you guys also mentioned Commodore sixty four and Apple too, but mm -hmm. um, you know and I see Pico eight is on there. Uh, MS DOS, so that'd be difficult, wouldn't it? No, is already there. So, I mean, it's it's uh, being compiled right now. Some uh, of oh. the yeah, yeah, the, the DOS box is running actually. So it's just rough, like we said, because it's just um, it's using the front end, the SDL retro front end, the basically the kind of retro arch front end, with uh, which is yet to be improved uh, in order to get the uh, well, sim yeah well um what so there's a fairly new dos box core for libretro that mm -hmm. i i will talk i will like praise this unto the end of the earth it's called dos box pure okay yeah you might want to really look into that because one of the things that it does is it tries to go and basically set up your controllers based on whatever game you're playing automatically um it, it oh. Yeah. They do save Perfect. states. They do save states. Support cheat searching through, you know, memory. Um, okay. Performance is great. You know, I, I have so I've got myself one of those Pi four hundreds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. The the keyboard, let's say. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm running that. Uh, so I was having issues with DOSBox on pretty much those. Mm. You know, everywhere else, I'm using an operating system called Twister OS from the guys from Pi Labs, mm-hmm. um, and which has ret- retro. You know, it's a it's a Linux, di- you know, desktop OS, but also has RetroPy built in. You know, already set up, um, and some other stuff like they do. A, they have like a really optimized wine, and they use something called Box eighty six for running. Um, you know, running old Windows games and such on mm-hmm. there, but. Um, I was having issues with, you know, running DOSBox anywhere on this, uh, you know, with performance. And then this is just still the best performance I've had. I can run, like, some of the harder games, like, I don't know. Um, I was running Terminal Velocity. I don't know if you ever played that one. I didn't. Uh, and Jazz Jackrabbit's another one I was running. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't played Jazz Jackrabbit, I highly recommend it. It's very fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> very fun 2D platformer by the guys at uh, Epic Mega Games. Okay, I'm, I'm not seeing it again. Yeah. So, Jax? Ja- Jazz Jackrabbit. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who did Gears of War, actually, uh, worked on that game. Yeah. Okay, from Microsoft. Okay. But, uh... Um, okay. But yeah, that's a pretty fun one. Um, so I don't know. It's just I just happened to notice that there, and I thought that was kind of uh, that would be pretty cool to implement, if a little difficult because of controls. The controls is the big problem with those box, and uh, actually, Cooley uh, reported that. And so it's just like it's it's so new, uh, the port of those box on the funky that right now we didn't have the time to to. Gotcha. Uh, investigate or anything, but uh, those books pure. I'm looking into it right now, and it says that yeah, it's an emulator for those games built for retro, aiming at simplicity and ease of use, and that's exactly what we need, especially for a small console like uh, like that. So basically, yeah, we're gonna look into it. Thanks, thanks for the link. Oh, oh, you're welcome. Hey, hey now that I know I could go and uh, help improve it, you know, I can take full credit. <laughs> uh, Jetlies is asking about Tommy Tronic games. <laughs> I didn't know it even existed. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Tommy Tronic. I I had never heard about this. <laughs> Me neither. Sorry, there's a call for that. I don't know. I've never heard of this thing. Maybe Jetly knows. Yeah, he might know. Tommy Tronic core. I didn't see any Libretro core for it. I didn't even know that it was, it was a console. Oh, uh, you know cool. what? You know what? I got one okay. for you guys. I got one for you guys. Build yeah. an emulator for the old like uh, Game and Watch slash uh, Tiger Electronics games. Game and Watch, anyways. Yes, of course. That would be great, actually. The Game and Watch, yeah. and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. now, of course. Tiger. And uh, and there are cores for uh, for it, so it would be kind of kind of easy to port them. Yeah, but kind of easy. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, but now that we have Libretro. Uh, I mean, it started like uh, when did we port it? It was uh, like uh, last week, I think. So we are really talking about something new. And um, now that we have it, I mean, it just opens up a world of possibilities, and uh, it's so easy to just add cores. So we really need to fine tune the front end, the SDR retro, basically the small retro arch, because if we can fine tune the front end so that the front end itself will uh, handle the, the funky menu. The, the the scaling uh, by itself and uh, the, the the instant action. Basically, as long as the core authorizes the, the, the save states, otherwise no, of course, 
you you could run you know any course with the simple menu that we have with the fact that it's going to work with the instant action you know saving automatically and when you open up the console it's going to start like the game i mean it's something we're working on right now we are improving the kind of little retro house that we that we have the the, the sdl retro so that basically after that everyone can port any core they want and as long as they support safe games they are going to have you know the, the full funky experience let's say oh that's good then they might then you'd probably be able to use that that uh you know the pico 8 core that you were mentioning sure oh. yeah but the pico 8 core that we have right now doesn't support safe states so we yeah that's that we still because there are better cores uh cores no sorry there are better pico 8 simulators for example there are the z uh, z80 there are many other ones um and uh, maybe we're not going to use a Libretto core for Pico 8. Maybe we're going to use the one that's used on the RG351P, uh, which is Z80, I think. So, and it, it's got a better compatibility and safe states. So we are going to look at this also. And so it's not going to be as easy to port it as a Libretto core. So we might need a bit more time to, to prepare it, but yeah. All right, well, um let me see some of the other guys or someone else is posting a question on there and thanks again so you know i just want to go and say this at least part partially you know we're not ending yet but uh thanks again for joining of course i mean thanks you thank you for the opportunity to talk about this i mean it's uh, you don't realize i mean it's something we've been uh yeah thank you for inviting us we've been working on this for four years now and it's great to see the community and people that are interested in uh in uh our passion as well so we i mean you know that we're open source and when that we are building tutorials and uh, that we are sharing everything we can so it's also part of that we are really happy to talk about this and of course you know it's just it's so much nice to, it's really nice to go and just see you know see your see your dreams come to fruition you know to go and see that you guys passed your you know your Kickstarter campaigns and such, and it just it went above and beyond what you guys expected, right? Yeah, it was not. It was a bumpy road, like I said. But I mean, what's not? You know, what's easy in life? Nothing. And in the end, it's just now in the in the hands of people, and it's. I mean, it's it's so satisfying to see it. It's great. We are we are really happy. So there are many people as yet who are not happy because they still didn't receive the tracking number and they still haven't received the console and everything. So we are every day trying to face that and send emails and reassuring people about the fact that they will receive it. And sometimes it's going to be a bit late and plus the production that we need to restart and everything. But that's the fun in that, you know, that's the that's really starting the wheel, you know, and and the wheel is really starting to get some momentum and it's really nice. It's really nice to see people having it and playing with it and enjoying it. Something very rewarding for me is like to see a like six year old kid taking the console and playing with it like uh, uh, David's son. Uh, he's just uh, took the console, open it, and uh, he's ready to play, and uh, ready to play for hours on it. So this is a, the, a great reward for me. So what did you got? So uh, I'm just trying to actually look back up on your Kickstarter. OK, yeah. So your project on there. So what were you got, What was your original uh, original goal, and what did you end up getting, if I can ask? 
Yeah, of course. Uh, it was uh, 30,000 euros, if I remember correctly, I think. Uh, sorry, it's been, uh, Yeah, it was 30,000 euros, and we had it. I mean, the goal was reached in... Uh, ah, yeah, it was reached in like two hours and three minutes. And uh, we wanted to add, you know, the for marketing effect, we wanted to add the banner uh, funded under uh, two hours or something like that. You know, it's it's always something that you add on Kickstarter. And we were not able to put funded under two hours because of the three minutes. <laughs> it was two hours and three minutes. So we had to put funded under three hours, but it's basically it was two hours. Oh, you and, guys wrote uh, two hours and 15 minutes or two hours and 30 minutes. Really? I, we wrote that? No, I think it was under three hours. Yeah, but you, gotta, you could have said that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, three hours is still great. You know, it's not like a, people were not going to buy it because it was two hours or three hours. It's yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, I'm sorry, I can't buy it now. You only got yeah. 102 hours versus three. <laughs> exactly. And plus, it would have seemed like, it would have seemed like a bit, you know, like childish to put two hours and zero three minutes. You know, it's uh, under just, three hours is fine. Sorry, go ahead. We just had to delay a little bit before opening the bottle of champagne. So that's was it. So we had to, uh, to wait for one more hour. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah, we, and we got from Kickstarter 165,000 uh, uh, for the 30,000 that we asked. And so it was, it was great. Euros. Euros, yeah. And so how long did it take you to reach each stretch goal? Uh, we actually didn't reach all of them. I think the last one wasn't really reached. Uh, it was 200K dollars. So in euros, it was uh, almost reached, I think. And in the yeah. end, we just uh, we just unlocked it as well. You know, It was the atomic purple color, the transparent purple color. But uh, the first one, I don't remember. Really, I don't remember. The, the first one was... The first uh, milestone was $100,000, I think, yes. And it was the, um, was the ASD card uh, um, upgraded to uh, 32 gigabytes from That's 16 to 32. The second one was set as $150,000 um, for the retrogaming gray color edition. And then at $175,000, it was the colored button, um, Super NES edition. Uh, and then, so as uh, Vincent said, the Atomic Purple set at $200,000, which we eventually considered as reached because uh, the last two days of the, the Kickstarter campaign was just insane in terms of feedback support love shares it was so amazing and we were so close like i think it was two thousand dollars away from getting uh, uh two hundred thousand dollars so just yeah let's uh we were three thousand dollars away from getting from having in total um two hundred thousand dollars okay well i mean that's still good though yeah, I mean, you guys. It was so close. We could not have given the the atomic purple edition of the funky ass. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, your original was what? Which one was it? It was again the original amount. Sí. 
30k. Yeah, so you you so you're like more than like you know, uh, boy, you know, if it didn't stop at two hundred thousand, if it stopped at like you know, uh, three hundred thousand on there, you probably would have been ten times what you originally thought. So it's a yeah. I mean, like I said before, <laughs> I'm gonna re I'm gonna share something there. It's uh, we don't have that much of a margin on the product. So basically it's a lot of money, <laughs> but in the end, once uh, everything is bought and sent and plus the problem that we have with shipping and the fact that we have to bring everything back, uh, buy back new SD cards from scratch and then uh, uh, reship everything and everything. In the end, um, it's not like we are, we are buying a boat tomorrow, you know? It's uh, definitely not. <laughs> as long as you're also not going into debt. No, no, of course not. We are not We are not into debt. It's, it, that's something at least, we were scared about it uh, at some point, but uh, no, 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 we we are okay for the next production, if you want to know. We are, we are really okay for the next production, and that's great because like that, the wheel is turning and we are not, uh, we don't need a new Kickstarter or something else to start back the thing. So everything is, uh, great in the end you know it's it's That's going great. well i'm happy and i'm happy to hear that um jutley's asks uh what is the max system that can be emulated on uh, from the device is it ps1 or can it do something higher i think well, I mean, it's pretty much your highest i mean the ps1 was something that uh people worked on um there was like a, a big emulation um, uh, scene at the time, and Notas, one of uh, I think the, the greatest to work on emulators at the time, were, uh, uh, and with the help of the others, of also he redeveloped the whole rasterizer part of the PlayStation with uh, uh, Neon, the Neon architecture, basically the 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 fact that you can use uh, one instruction for multiple data. Uh, inside the ARM CPUs. And so thanks to that, uh, the PS1 was running smoothly. And it, it's th really thanks to that that the PS1 is running smoothly on uh, our CPU. And it's actually really high as a console itself for this small CPU. If we want to go higher than that, we really need to see something as much optimized as the PS1. But for, for something like that to happen, we really need someone that knows what he's doing and, and someone that goes really deep into the emulator itself and uh, someone who's prepared to know the emulator itself and how to uh, rasterize, uh, how to do 3D and how to use the Neon uh, implementation on ARM. And really these days, much less people work on that because now you have CPUs, uh, GPUs integrated with uh, the the um, the chip, so basically yeah, they're working directly with OpenGL, and that's much much faster right now because you can use all of the OpenGL primitives. And so, for example, now Nintendo 64 is is not something that we I think could emulate uh, properly because we won't have a GPU, and no one will redevelop the whole rasterizer part in uh, Neon. And uh, even then, I'm not really sure that uh, it would be full speed. So, I mean, no one knows until we do it. But uh, basically, it really requires someone with a lot of skills in a lot of different domains. And these people are rare. <laughs> 
but yeah, drastic maybe, uh, Kuli. That's uh, that's uh, something that we that's been really optimized, and I think that uh, Source actually one day, if on Game Blah Blah, one of the a really well-known developer in the emulation scene uh, um, has posted a video of the uh, what's the name of the console again? Uh, the Retro Game uh, Two, Retro. Right, Park. Uh, Are you talking no. about? Like it's not the retro pocket it's something uh, actually french uh, from um uh, do you remember uh, retro stone 2 from the uh, retro stone 2 uh which has approximately the same uh, cpu as us and uh, only software basically we can see that the drastic uh port one of the drastic port the one form <sighs> it's complicated to explain because drastic is not yet open source but there has been a port made by the developers of Drastic. So basically a build, so not something that you can, uh, you cannot see the code. I mean, you have to deassemble everything. So, but a build has been made for the Raspberry Pi, uh, for ARM, basically, uh, it has been made by the developers of Drastic. And this build has been ported to the RetroStone 2. So we can have an idea of the performance of DS, of the DS performance, basically, on uh, the funky S, once Drastic will be open source, which should be this year. And uh, in the video that he posted, it is kind of full speed for all the 2D games are full speed, and some of the 3D games are are still uh, not full speed. But I mean, it's it's really great. So yes, DS with Drastic could be something uh, that we could port, and it could work for many games uh if it is actually released as open source this year that's you got difficult we'll see. Though, screens though sorry it'd be kind of difficult to switch between the yeah of course i mean uh, we'll, we'll uh, put a short key to i mean uh, of course there will be a shortcut to you know make the switch easily but if you want to see both screens on our tiny screen i think it's just it's gonna look really small <laughs> but yeah i mean it's just for the for, for the fun you know for the fact that you can actually emulate ds but if you can just see one screen and then another and you can switch with a hotkey i think it can actually be playable for most of the games yeah it's just uh, a lot of that also is depending upon the game that you know requires more touchscreen usage than others DS is not something ergonomically. It's not made for the funky. <laughs> we can yeah. all agree. We can all agree for that. But still, you know, it would be nice to see some of the games working. You know, like some of the Mario games who don't really need uh, the, the, um, that don't really need, you know, the the, the stylus and the touch part. Uh, they could actually be playable. Yeah, and uh, the Pokemon games you really don't need the touch screen. That yes, much. it's true. Now there's such a big library of games on the on the ds that uh, i mean i'm sure many not all of the games would be you know ergonomically enjoyable but some of them maybe you know they could be playable like pokemon like you said yeah um i'm trying to think there though like some of the games on there like uh kirby superstar ultra i think was them or was that I'm trying to remember they, they they did a Kirby Superstar and I think they did a version for the Nintendo DS or was it for the 3DS? Uh, uh, I think there is Kirby Superstar. No, there is Kirby Superstar on the DS, but uh, I've never played it myself. Yeah, that that's the one on there. So I've I played the original SNES version. Um, mm. 
Are you guys thinking about having in a uh, in a future development, maybe important, maybe including Bluetooth, so you could use Bluetooth controllers or Bluetooth headphones? Michel, maybe you could. Uh, I think oh, it's uh, me, more what, electrical. Excuse me. What, what was the oh, question? Sorry. I was saying in a future product, do uh, you guys think you might include Bluetooth capabilities to use a Bluetooth headphones or Bluetooth uh, game controller, a separate one? Bluetooth, Bluetooth, it's possible. Uh, that's, that's something. Uh, the, 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 the one thing that we would like to change uh, is how to how we play sound. Uh, we have an integrated speaker, but it's, uh, due to the, the small size, the, 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 the sound is is far from perfect. You know, just a small uh, 0.3 watt speaker, so that's not much, but uh, it's better than nothing. And to be able to uh, to get uh, an audio output either by Bluetooth or just a, a regular jack would be would be great to have on a, on a, such a small device that is a portable device. I mean. Uh, you are not supposed to to play his sound when you are in a bus or something like that for you for your neighbors. So uh, it's it just uh, it would be very nice to have either a, a, an audio jack or a Bluetooth just for the the sound output. That would be very but interesting. Regarding feasibility on such a tiny size, uh, we couldn't go with Bluetooth. We had to make a choice between Bluetooth or uh, the speaker itself. Speaker. So we went with yeah, the speaker. Yeah, but yeah. If we have maybe a form factor with a three by two screen, which would mean uh, maybe uh, something a bit longer and but less uh, um, less uh, large. Uh, I think we could think about having both the speaker and the Bluetooth, but it's something that really we we, we would have to add the Bluetooth uh, functionality on the console. One thing though is that. Uh, Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or any radio needs to be certified in a certain way. That's something we deal at work uh, with Michel uh, every day. And it's uh, really you. expensive to certify <laughs> Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and things like that. It's not something so easy. So basically, as long as your product doesn't have a radio, it's really just electrical uh, certifications. And that's, that's something uh, quite cheap and easy. As long as you're going with uh, radios and things like that, you know, some consoles just don't certify, and that's fine. They don't care. They just as sometimes they just put that it's certified, but they actually don't certify it. But we don't want to play with fire there, so it would be something that costs a lot for us to to do that. I mean, it's uh, tens of thousands to certification uh, a certification for for Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Well, we want same Wi-Fi, you know, because Wi-Fi I don't think would be feasible. You know, would be that. It, I think it would be too much of a battery drain, but Bluetooth, you know, is a thought. But um, Jellies is asking, basically, you mentioned about the radio tuner. He's asking how hard would it be to add a radio tuner chip to the funky device in the next bottle and using the headphone jack as an antenna? <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's I mean, it's, uh, I, yeah. sorry, go ahead, Michel. Yeah, that, that's a, a good idea. Uh, we already as long as we find the space. Yeah. That's uh, right now. If you look at the PCB, there is not one millimeter square that is available to do anything. <laughs> that's uh, that's the 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 point. Uh, but 
if we do something a little bit larger, maybe uh, we we can because the to add the uh, the uh, an FM tuner, it's it's not something that takes much more space. Uh, that's something that we can we can see, and yeah, that's that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Uh, it's a little bit difficult in electronic to do because uh, we did it for with Vincent at, at work, you know, at our day, 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 daily job on the daily job. It's not so, as easy as it sounds to to add a FM tuner because it's very sensitive to uh, antenna. The antenna is very uh, the, the antenna design is very sensitive. Even if it's in a, in a headphone jack, it's uh, very difficult to to have some a, a very good quality sound. But it's something that's uh, that's possible if we just have a little bit more room. So and I was talking about Wi-Fi and Bluetooth at the same time because uh, most of the chips out there do both because you know it's using the same band, it's using the same uh, frequency. It's two point four gigahertz. So may usually when you talk about Wi-Fi, enfin, when you talk about Bluetooth, like uh, with a, an ESP device, some of them are just made for for BLE and Bluetooth. Okay, it's true. NRF, for example, and, and brands like that. But sometimes, I mean, if we were to go into the 2.4 gigahertz uh, frequency, I think we would just take something that, that would at, at the same time make uh, the funky be able to communicate with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And then you use whatever you want, you know, it's just inside the kernel that we would authorize uh, the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth. And as long as you've got the drivers, the, the correct drivers, then well, you make a front-end application and you, you could have both. Yeah, uh, one chip can make both. That's why I was talking about both at the same time. And I wanted to, to answer Kuli's question regarding the uh, USB port to, to allow to do things like audio out, video out, controllers and, and such. Uh, the main limitation we have first, it's uh, the, the chip we are using is a USB 2, okay? So it's not USB 3, and uh, as most of the, the, the other uh, devices, uh, retro gaming devices, even if you have a USB-C uh, socket, it doesn't mean that you are able to, to run a USB 3, okay? USB 3.0. So they are just uh, running at USB 2.0 speed, so that's what we are able to do. We are not able to put a USB-C connector inside the funky because of the, the, the available space in the device. Uh, USB-C is, is a little bit larger than the, the micro USB that we are using. And the second thing is, uh, if you want to be uh, able to drive uh, audio out, video out, or controllers, you need to be a USB host. Okay? And to be a USB host, you need to provide uh, plus five volt to the external devices. So you mean it means that you need an ex extra chip inside the funky to be able to have a, a power uh, delivered to the devices you are connected to the funky, like the, the, the audio or video or controller. So this is something that also need more space to, to put into the, the funky. So that's the reason why we are only a USB device and not USB host. And uh, the reason why we are not USB-C and not just USB, micro USB, because uh, the lack of room, basically. Okay. So, guys, what do you guys think? Do you think we should go and start, uh, you know, letting people actually chime in and ask their questions here on... In audio, or do you want to just have me keep reading out the questions? 
No, of course, yeah. We'd love to talk with uh, with everyone. I mean, for me, oh. for me, it's uh, completely okay. Mm -hmm. No problem. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we have a couple of people already in. Uh, do you guys want to go ahead and start unmuting yourselves and ask some questions? If we want to ask questions? No, if the other people who are part of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'll just say that I've been glad to be working on this because it's an interesting project. I was looking for a way to play Game Boy Advance games for a while since my DS can't play them. And I found the funky, I found it interesting, and I've been glad to help out however I can. Got the wrong DS version. You didn't get the DS or DS Lite. Right, I have a. I use a new 3DS for my DS games because then I can play the 3DS and DS games. But then I release yeah. it on the GBA. Yeah, and so you've been glad to you've been glad to work on the on the on the funky. But actually, we we've been even more glad, I think, because you you've made you've done such a good job, Kuli. I mean, uh, now it's actually great to speak with you for the first time. So hi, Kuli. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much for everything you've done and uh, all the, the the passion you've you've shown from the from the start and uh, all the dedication that you've shown and it's uh, sometimes we we speak about it with uh, with the whole team and we just uh, still can't believe you've done so much for us and uh, so thank you thank you very much. Well, also like as I'm half I'm a half French and half American, so I also like that's a French team working on it. Compared ah, to just all sorry. the Chinese products out there. <laughs> okay. Ben, merci beaucoup, alors. <laughs> and, and actually, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? What, me? Yes, yes, you. Oh, well, I'm Cooley. I've made other wikis before, so I just backed this on, I think it was the, I think it was the first day I backed the, I forget where I saw it, but I backed the Funky on Kickstarter, and I think it was like, Maybe somewhere in August, I created the wiki and just started building it. And not many pages, but try to make quality pages. Mm. Did you know us? That. Did you know us from before? Sorry, Jimmy. Did you know us from before, or did you just start? I think I might have seen the original Kimu video a few years ago, but I don't. Oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't follow the project until. A few days before the Kickstarter, but then you found out about the funky directly on the Kickstarter, or did, did it you? Might have, it other? might have, might have been Retro Dodo. Oh, okay, okay, right. Sometimes we are speaking of Cooley as the fifth member of the funky team. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I've been, I've uh, been like uh, here. You know, Retro Dodo really popped up and really got big. You know, over the last year or so. But because he makes like quality content, and plus, I think he's the only one to show his face, apart from um, the retro future, which is a bit, you know, now he's not as much um, involved in the in the emulation scene as before. I mean, he still is, but not for all the all the tests and uh, and the reviews uh, before he he, were, he was. I think he changed a bit, uh, and he's. I, I think he's amazing. I think he's always. Uh, you know, he's thinking outside the box and showing things that people wouldn't know, and uh, it's great. But he's not mainstream in the sense that he's, you know, just 
finding products and reviewing them and you know taking the lg 351p and reviewing it and things like that is not as mainstream as that is really thinking outside the box and uh, so apart from he apart from him showing his face i think retrododo is making good quality content is showing his face which is you know different from the others and is great so yeah there's no reason why he shouldn't have become big and he did like you said i last year actually uh quite quite a bit yeah we didn't yeah. know him before yeah that's his video like the one thing that really uh, the content i really liked uh but he's safe though but there was one about like a really bad really awful um portable gamecube really and he he said that actually he said that it was really bad and really awful it it started smoking okay like, it was catching on fire very good which one is it i mean is it uh I mean, is it the one from uh, the the succession, the succession of the retro stone? No. It was like one. It was. Uh, ah, no, it's not the same. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was. It was in September. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, okay. Everything says, "Don't buy this five hundred dollar GameCube handheld." All right. Yeah, but anyway, I don't. I I could. I didn't think it would be something you could buy. I mean, it looks like a prototype. So. Yeah. Well, it was catching on fire. <laughs> so you know anyway speaking of retro dodo we've uh sent uh some review products to him uh, uh so fingers crossed i think we, i hope uh, we hope he's still gonna like the product <laughs> after his first initial review and uh, that he's gonna like the because he got the 3d printed version and now he's gonna get the re you know the one that everyone has the one that's uh, out of uh production so uh, you should expect a review soon i guess because he's going to get the product soon so maybe in i don't know two weeks or something like that right. so fingers crossed <laughs> we really really happy because now that he became so big i mean if he says that he doesn't like the product i think it's not going to be so <laughs> so well for us but uh, i mean that's life i mean good is good and bad is bad so i hope he's going to like it I don't think you guys got much to worry about. Yeah, well, anyway, we're still worrying. <laughs> I'll give it another minute, see if there's any other further questions. Oh, I'll and by the way, yeah, I, I was, sorry, Kuli, I'm just going to say also uh, that uh, the retro future, um, which is now <laughs> not making that many tests and not many reviews, uh, so his name is Elliot, and uh, so we found out about him because actually he was one of the very first to comment at the time on the Kimu video. I mean, it was uh, like the prototype that we made a long time, and he was one of the very first. And uh, I didn't know about him. I didn't know about the emulation, uh, let's say, scene at the time. Michel Nieder, I mean, we, we already knew there. And uh, he actually, despite the fact that our video had like five views, or I don't know, really, I'm not exaggerating. It's it's really that it, it, there was nothing. And he commented and he shared, and he was one of the very first to support this product. And then we kind of lost touch, and he just uh, wrote a comment, and then he wrote something on Instagram, maybe, and and that's it. And he actually wrote us back yesterday and asking us if uh, we could send him a review sample so that he could review it. And so we are really happy to say that uh, 
we will, and we hope that he's going to review it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, Kuli. Uh, I. I. Huh. I, uh, I was just going to say that hopefully that now that there's the first wave of backers are getting their devices, hopefully as more people come from these review videos, there'll be people on the Discord that'll be able to help them. And again, yeah. je suis content que j'ai pu aider. <laughs> and we, yeah, we are, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot. Merci beaucoup, Thank Kuli. And this uh, is it's becoming bigger and bigger as days pass. It's very impressive to see how you, you and Reno are managing it. That's really uh, inspiring. And uh, we one one more time, we thank you for that. The Discord, you mean? Yes. Yeah, the Discord is, is uh, becoming... Uh... Out of control. I mean, I don't know how Jimmy you can handle a Discord like uh, SDC Gaming because you have what? How many members do you have? I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh... Uh, we got a lot. Uh, if you give me a second, I'll get you a count. But um, you know, it's really, it's really my, it's really my team. You know, Smacks, uh, Star Slayer. You know, we got a whole bunch of people in the Game Genies. We also got you know some of the people in Konami Codes. Uh, you know, who are moderators like Amonka. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so many people on there that are really supporting it on there, and I also want to go and say, you know, uh, Smacks uh, is like one of probably, you know, he's like really the, you know, pretty much the if not technically, I would almost consider him first in command at this point. Okay, you know, I mean, I still handle the stuff here, but I mean, he is Smacks is just like the heart of this, uh, heart of this community. handle that because i don't know actually actually i was gonna i was talking uh last friday with michelle and um david and killian and we were saying that uh our enfin, the discord for the for the funky is actually getting like so big right now that we're getting notifications all of the time and it's really hard to follow everything i mean yeah. most of most yeah. and coolie and reno are the the two only ones there to administrate it and and to handle everything and it's uh, we were saying that it, it must be quite a job but you jimmy and smacks and star player i mean <laughs> you're only four or six to handle everything and i don't know how many people are there how many people are there uh give me a second uh, yeah sorry i mean like more than i guess two thousand or maybe even more than that i guess you have much much more no? yeah we're, we're over like uh you know we're we got a lot of people on the subreddit alone yeah um okay. Give me a second, though. Da, 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 da. Where is this? Uh, five thousand five hundred and forty-eight members. My God, it's like, yeah, <clears throat> it's um, it's uh, it's a lot. It's ten times uh, what we have. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's already you know for us. I mean, uh, overwhelming. You know, there are so many messages all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but it's great to see that it's growing and expanding all the time like that. It's uh, really nice. So when did you guys create your Discord? Oh, we didn't. Oh, when was one created then? 
like Cooley, uh, like Cooley said, it was around August, I think, and they created it, Cooley and uh, Reno. Reno, I think it was Reno that uh, And I, I started to create one uh, Discord channel, and then I found the one from Reno and contacted him and say, oh, if you want to, uh, I, I can handle it to you if you want. Uh, but I said no, uh, because I think it's it's better to have an independent uh, channel on Discord than uh, uh, an official one, because people are, uh, are, More free. are free to speak like they want. It can be good, it can be bad. Uh, if it's uh, something like an official channel, then uh, we can control it and we can uh, we can discard, you know, the uh, questions that are not too easy, too easy to, to, to answer and, and this kind of thing. So this way, I think it's better to have Reno and Cooley handle the, the, uh, an independent uh, channel for, for the funky S because people can, can speak freely on, on it. So that's... Uh, we we want to be completely transparent on it. We don't want to hide things. We don't want to uh, to control things. Uh, we are really happy to see that the, this this channel is growing and growing, and to see more people joining. And uh, we have some criticism. We have some people like uh, that are very happy with, with the, the device. And I think it should stay like this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think the fact that we don't control it. I mean, we are we are not the administrators is uh, is really important it's a it's really a free place for people to talk and in the end we are just members like any other one and they can ask us questions and we're going to answer but we have no power whatsoever on the channel itself and uh, yeah i think it's it's uh, it's something where people can be free to speak uh, Freely, completely free. So I got. We have another question. There it was a ordained ordained sinner uh, was asking in the chat um, if any if what your next uh, what the next project you know would be after this you know and he asked about the Game Boy Advance style clamshell with the clamshell screen as a bigger wider, which you know has been asked a couple times now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could also be like. Uh... GBA style while remaining small like the funky, you know, just a bit bigger, but it would be like a, a three by two aspect ratio and would be like a, the funky S2. So we are also thinking about that, but we are still trying to find the right parts because we are still trying to find a better chip, but it's uh, it's not easy because uh, the, the space is such an issue here. I mean, it's such a constraint to have so little space that we really need to find something uh, tiny. <laughs> it's so easy. And then after we have some ideas for the, the one we talked about, so basically the, the, the medium size, and so, uh, yeah. So is, is uh, I had to get a chuck on this one. He's asking, um, you know, if if it's possible that you to make an accessory like the Game Gear Micro big window that can magnify the screen. Now, if you haven't seen this for the Game <laughs> Gear Micro, there's like a, ma a screen magnifier. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's actually quite funny, but I think it's it's something. Okay, tell me what you think about this. I mean, it's really something that could be printed in 3D and uh, that could be shared by the community because it's not something we're going to put in the box and we're not going to, because production for Sega maybe is easy, you know, to go into production and product uh, and then make a new mold and things like that. But for us, it's not something we can just uh, come up with uh, any day. So basically, this is basically the perfect example of why 
we are sharing everything for the funky. We are sharing the dimensions. We are sharing the STL files. We are sharing even the step files. So basically, people can just launch Fusion 360 or SolidWorks or any other uh, program, and uh, they can modify the 3D, get the right dimensions, or build up on the 3D. And basically, anyone could like create these kind of things and. Uh, and I think the lens itself can be can be something that we, that can be found anywhere, you know, and it could be accommodated for the lens of something that you can find, like a reference on AliExpress or maybe Amazon or something like that. And this is the perfect kind of example that the community could build for the funky since we've put everything out there, and that uh, there are many people that like to tinker with devices like that and to build things. So. I think it would be a great, great way to show that uh, open source is uh, the way to go. And uh, I hope that people are going to actually build things like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe you might get yourselves a, a secondary market, you know, where people are building uh, accessories for it. Maybe. Maybe. That would be great. Let's see. Um... I think we'll go give it a few more. I think, uh, what do you guys say to another, I don't know, 10 more minutes? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, because we've been at it for a little while. Um, but I appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate Again, I appreciate you guys going. Yeah, no problem. Like we said, it's, it's no issue. Actually, the question about the the lens and uh, that's something that David should have answered because he's a he's the mechanical guy there. I mean, he, he would have many answers for that. I think we'll talk to we'll talk to him about this. So. It's probably possible to buy some lens, you know, pre-built lens like a square or rectangle lens with the right focal and everything. Uh, you know, that's the the, the the main point and to. Uh, to have like an adapter for the for the screen or something like that that you can print. That's probably the, the way to go. I think so too, yeah. I'm seeing if anyone else also wants to go and ask a question. <laughs> You know the 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 magnifying screen. I, I don't know if you guys ever used to own the original Game Boy, but uh, and I've mentioned this before on previous episodes. But one of the the game the original Game Boy had so many third party accessories, and one of them that I remember was this monstrosity. It was called the Handy Boy. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm actually Rich Rododo made a video about this. No? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I yes. had I had one as a kid, and really. They're quite yeah. rare now. If you still have it, actually, it's quite rare. I don't have it anymore. I got rid of that yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It, it really was. So um, really what you would do is, you know, 
it was a mag it was a screen magnifier with a backlight and the backlight was the only reason that it was even viable to use it came with like some clip-on crappy like joystick controller because mm. i want to use that on my uh, over the awesome d-pad yes i want to go and use a really bad joystick controller over my awesome d-pad and uh and then two crappy speakers that folded out but i mean it was the backlight that was the only thing good mm. The only problem was is that it was a um, you know it if I primarily used the Game Boy uh, battery pack you know what I'm talking about the rechargeable battery pack mm -hmm. I plugged it on the side so I couldn't really use that that much. Okay, okay. I've actually I had a Game Boy. I've never never heard about the Handy Boy before the video of uh, the, the video that Retro Dodo posted a few months back because uh, it's something I've never seen really to tell you the truth uh, I don't think I would have bought it even at the time yeah <laughs> it looks like a transformer yeah and it was also featured if you ever watched the angry video game nerd it was featured on one of his videos for Game Boy accessories okay. I still remember this thing uh yeah okay then I can yeah, Jotli, I can see what you what you wrote that you're 46 and you struggle to see the screen sometimes. Uh, I know the funky is uh, well, some of the games are great on there, and uh, some of the games are gonna have small texts. I mean, it's uh, the whole point of a tiny NL, and we we've tried actually to make the screen as big as possible while remaining in this in this form factor. But uh, yeah, I know you need some. You need some adjustments to to handle such a tiny screen, and it's not so easy. So, anyone else? Anyone else got any additional questions? Oh, we got someone writing something. <laughs> uh, Salva, did you want to ask a question? Sorry, no. Uh, I am just here. Okay. It was the the the. Sorry, I I I already. This is my first time. I didn't know about this project. What what are the specs of this Game Boy? Uh, Michel, you answer. Yeah. Michel. What was the exact question? I, uh, I cannot... uh, the specs, the specs, the electrical specs of the Game Boy. Uh, for the for the funky. Um, yes. Uh, the processor itself is a is a Norwinner V3s. It's a 1.2 gigahertz ARM7 GPU without uh, CPU without GPU. Uh, so that's the, the 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 main limitation. And the the, the main point is it has a 64 megabyte of uh, integrated SDRAM, which is the, the why we are able to uh, to uh, pack everything in such a small size. It's because the, in the same chip as the CPU, you have the SDRAM. You don't have the external chips that would take much more space in a, on, a, on a PCB. So that's uh, the, 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 the reason why we chose this chip, which is the uh, highest frequency and the, 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 the best performance you can get with integrated SDRAM. And so basically, that's the, the thing. And the, 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 the main other component there is the, the LCD screen, which is a 1.52 inch diagonal uh, 240 by 240. 
and it's an EPS screen, so it's, it has a wide viewing angle, and it's a very uh, very nice screen for, for its size. And, and there's not mm, nothing more, you know, on the, on the hardware side, we decided to, uh, uh, to put all the GPU handling into a separate chip, an S2C uh, chip, because uh, it was very too, too difficult to, uh, to route all the signals from the CPU itself to all the buttons because we had like 11 buttons and it was really too constrained. So we decided to, to put into a satellite chip to handle all the GPUs, GPIOs. And uh, there is also another um, chip which is called a PMIC. Uh, it, it's a power management IC uh, which handled all the different power supplies for the, for the board. So that's basically what we have in the, in the funky and, and the battery. And anything, everything else is uh, so basically it's very it's very simple. You have all the schematics and everything, the, the block diagram into the, the documentation, and but uh, putting everything together uh, was uh, was quite a challenging because of the size. That was the we are very we are very constrained, especially for the, the the thickness. The board thickness is very very important to have something that we wanted very small. And all the components must be less than one but five millimeters in height, and so that's uh, that's very uh, a lot of constraint to put on on, a, on hardware design. And what is the the lifespan of the of the battery? Uh... Lifespan? Oh, that's uh, uh, the battery can handle a lot of uh, charge and discharge, but. Uh, uh, this is really a standard battery. Uh, it, the, the only thing that we that is customized for the funky right. is the the wire length and 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 the the, the, the actual uh, connector, which is a very small GST connector. But the, this is a 410 milliampere per hour capacity, which is able to uh, sustain uh, a 1C charge. That is, you are able to charge it at 400 milliamps. Uh, that is the capacity of the battery, and uh, I don't remember how many charges it can handle, but uh, quite a lot, uh, uh, a lot of, of charges. I don't have the, the, the figures in, in my mind. But. So, um, and on gameplay, it will last how much hours? Okay, battery life, you mean? It's uh, two, two hours uh, in average. Two hours and twenty or two hours. Uh, hmm. Depends on how you use it. It depends on the on the how. Uh, what is the uh, the brightness of the screen? What's the the the, um, the speaker uh, volume? Uh, because these these are very uh, demanding in terms of of, of power. Uh, because of the backlight, the backlight is uh, is is taking a lot of power, and uh, and of course the power amplifier for the audio is taking power. So uh, if you just use it, use it uh, at like 50% brightness for the screen and like 20, 30% for, for the, 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 the audio amp, then uh, it's, it's, you can easily uh, play for two hours. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead, you know, thank you guys for joining. Uh, I think I think we've had enough time right now, um, but we'll still allow some questions afterwards. But I'm going to cut the recording at the moment. Yes. So, uh, thanks for joining, guys. Uh, Thank you. Really appreciate it.
Uh, uh, so, you know, we'll still allow you guys to ask some other additional questions, though. Thank okay. you for inviting us. Thank you. Uh, you're quite welcome. I'm glad Thank to have you guys on here again. And we are glad to come, yeah. Thank you very much for the opportunity.